every thought and word and action. God, the righteous judge, shall weigh. How shall we stand in that great day? How shall we Welcome to the Escape for Thy Life radio broadcast. This is a presentation of the independent Thusia Seventh-day Adventist Church, a revival of original Adventism and ancient Christianity. Our speaker is Brother Nairon Medina. Good day. This is Brother Medina for Thusia Seventh-day Adventist. And please let us start with a word of prayer. Gracious loving Father, be with us as we enter into your word. Bless everyone that they may understand and see the sense and value of what is being said, and may be saved by these truths. In Jesus' holy name we pray, with thanksgiving unto thee. Amen. Well, today we want to talk about grace and law. Grace and law. And we find the need to talk about it because of certain religions that tells us when you are saved by grace, you are not supposed to keep the law of God. And they give you the impression in their writings that once you are under grace, you are not supposed to keep the law. They give you the impression that grace and law are antithetical to each other, that they are against each other, and that you cannot have grace and have the law at the same time. Such religions and teachings are antinomianism. That is, against the law of God. But we want to show you that the Bible teaches no such thing. In fact, the Bible identifies grace as pronomian. Pro means towards or for, in favor of the law. So pronomian, in favor of the law. The Bible does have this teaching where grace makes you keep the law. Yes, my dear people. You say, how can that be? The facts are, this is the teaching of the Bible. And according to the Bible, God's people will not be saved in disobedience. You have to be saved in obedience. While the act of keeping the law is not what brings salvation to you, but the act of keeping the law genuinely and truly is the experience of salvation. Yes, my dear people. So a person who is found keeping the law genuinely, that person is in the experience of salvation. This is all over the Bible, and this is what the Bible tells us. Yes, my dear people. Take, for instance, if you look at Romans chapter 3, or let's say Romans chapter 2, and we read a little lower down to verse 25, here is what we are told, I quote, Romans chapter 2 and verse 25. For circumcision, which is the Gentiles, 
verily prof, uh, for circumcision, verily profit it if thou keep the law. In other words, we have been told, being circumcised profits if you keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcised. So if you are breaking the law, it is as if you are uncircumcised even though you are circumcised. It goes on. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision do transgress the law? Did you just see that? So in other words, we are being told, if a Gentile who is called the uncircumcision keeps the law of God, he will judge the Jew who by the letter and circumcision break the law. So here, you could practice circumcision in such a way to make you break the law. That is, if you're doing it to earn righteousness, you're breaking the law. You're making yourself God and making yourself the Savior. And so, it shows us that the Gentiles could indeed keep the law. Because here we are being told they keep the law. Let's read that again. Again, from verse 25. For circumcision verily profit if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So in other words, if you keep the law, then your circumcision is of value. Because the circumcision shows that you will change. Because look, you are keeping the law. When all have sinned and are coming short of the glory of God. So to get somebody to keep the law is to get them outside of sin. Yes, my dear people. And then again, verse 26 tells us, Therefore, if the uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? So if the Gentile is keeping God's law, the fact that he is uncircumcised, it is counted as if he is circumcised. He don't need to be physically circumcised. That was just a symbol. But look, he is keeping the law. That's the point. But then it goes on. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, that's the Gentiles, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision transgress the law. So look, you can transgress the law by doing circumcision just according to your own works. So the point about it here is the Gentiles do keep the law if they are justified, if they are converted. But the point about it we are looking at here is a person is supposed to keep the law. Because look, the Gentiles who are not Jews are supposed to be keeping the law. Yes, my dear people, that's what you're being told here. But wait, we are telling you that you keep the law 
when it is given to you by grace. That's right. It is the grace of God that gives you the law that you can keep the law. Some will say, are you crazy? This is the first time we are hearing a doctrine like this. Well, if it is the first time, it means that your mind was feeding on antinomian pastor's writings instead of feeding on the Bible. Because if you feed on the Bible, you would see that's a familiar teaching in the Bible, that it is true grace, the law is to be kept. So grace makes you keep the law. That's what the Bible is telling you. Let's look at an example here in Psalms 119, and we will look at verse 29. Here is what we are told, I quote, Remove from me the way of lying. Now here comes the part. And grant me thy law graciously. End of quote. Did you see that? Grant me thy law graciously. David is praying and asking God to give him the law by grace. Grant me the law graciously. By your grace. By being gracious to me. God exercises grace by being gracious. And he is asking God to give him the law graciously. Because this is a common biblical teaching. That the law can only be given to you in the form of keeping by grace. Yes, my dear people. That's a common biblical teaching. Now let us just go and look at this fact a little further. If we look at Romans chapter 3... Here is what we are told. I quote when we read <clears throat> verse 24. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Hear what it tells us. Be it justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Did you just see that? So the changeover from sin to righteousness is justification. And we are being told here we are justified freely by his grace. What does this mean? It means God uses his grace to justify us. We are justified by grace. Yes, my dear people, that's what we are being told here. But look a little lower down to verse 28. Here is what verse 28 tells us. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Did you see that? The verse is telling us that it is not the deeds of the law that justifies you. You are justified by faith, apart from or without the deeds of the law. But look, one tells you you are justified by grace, the other one tells you you are justified by faith. Which one? The two. Because justified by grace is being justified by faith. Yes, my dear people, this you need to know. Being justified by grace is being justified by faith. How so? Because grace is God's mercy, God's kindness, God's favor, God's loving kindness, that is grace. But what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. And what is the evidence of things not seen? Proverbs chapter 22 tells us clearly 
It is the revealed truths of the word of God. That's the evidence we have of things not seen. Let's just see this here for a while. Here is what we are told in, from, verse 20, from verse 17 in Proverbs 22. It says, Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. So we are being told, apply your heart unto God's knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing, if thou keep them within thee, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. So the word of God, if you keep it in your heart, you'll be able to speak it properly. That thy trust may be in Yahweh. Have I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. Have I not written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge, that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. So here we are told what makes us have evidence of things not seen. Reveal truths. Reveal truths. Reveal truths is the faith. And it is the faith that makes us have evidence of things not seen, which are spiritual things. You don't see heaven physically. You don't see eternal life physically. But the evidence of those truths are truths revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. That is why faith is not human believing, but revealed truths of God. And the Bible does make a difference between faith and believing. We go back to Romans 3 again, and we look at verse 22. Here is what we are told, I quote, Even the righteousness of God which is true faith of Jesus Christ into all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Did you just see that? So faith is identified as the faith of Jesus Christ. But we must believe. So here you have faith, the faith of Jesus Christ, as different to our believing. Believing is a mental act of the mind. It means to accept something as truth. But faith is the revealed truths of Christ, the truths of the plan of salvation. And that is the faith we are to have. Yes, my dear people, so much that is the faith we are to have. James chapter 2 and verse 1 tells us, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. So we are to have the faith of Jesus Christ, but not with respect to persons. So the faith that we are to have is the faith of Jesus Christ. While we believe, we are to believe the faith of Jesus Christ. So faith and believing are two different things. This is clearly emphasized again in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. Here is what it tells us. I quote, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. So this is justification by faith. It is the faith of Jesus Christ that justifies you, the revealed truths of Christ. 
Even we have believed in Jesus Christ. Here is our act of believing now. And it continues that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So here we are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ while we believe. So it means to say our believing is totally different to the faith of Jesus Christ. And the faith we are to have, that one faith, is the faith of Jesus Christ. Yes, my dear people. And we are justified by this faith. That's what we are being told. We are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. This same faith of Jesus Christ that justifies us is presented a certain way in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 11. Let's read 53, 11, and we'll emphasize the part of this verse that we are talking about. Verse 11 says, And you shall see of the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. Now here comes the part. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So notice we are told, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. The righteous servant is Jesus Christ. And it is by the knowledge of Jesus Christ that we are justified. Now come again. What is that knowledge of Jesus Christ? The faith of Jesus Christ. The revealed truths of Christ. And we are justified by the faith of Christ. Yes, my dear people, that's what you read. So while grace is God's mercy and God's kindness, etc., faith is the revealed truths of Jesus Christ. Yes, my dear people, that's what we are being told here. And again, if we go back to Romans chapter 3 and verse 24, we are told, being justified freely by his grace. Did you see that? So we are justified by his grace. And verse 28 tells us, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith. So here you are justified by grace, yet we are told you are justified by faith. What does this mean? It clearly shows us that grace, which is God's mercy, kindness, forgiveness, favor, love and kindness, is what justifies us. And then we are told we are justified by faith, which is the revealed truths of Christ. The point about it is, it is God that justifies, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 33. It is God that justifies. And if you look at, again at Romans chapter 3 and verse 30, it says, Seeing it is one God that shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. So it is God that does the justification, and he justifies us by faith. Why? Because faith is the instrument in which he uses to justify us. Faith is presented as against works. It means the instrument of his justification is not works. The instrument of his justification is faith, the revealed truths of the word of God. But it is God that does the justification by his grace. So God, by grace, uses faith as the instrument to justify you. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. It is the righteous servant doing the justification. But he is using the instrument of knowledge, 
the instrument of spiritual truth, the instrument of the truth of the plan of salvation, the faith of Jesus Christ to justify us. To justify us. So we are justified by grace and then we are justified by faith. It is one and the same justification. It means when God justifies us by grace, he actually justifies us by faith. God, by his grace, justifies us by faith. Yes, my dear people. And this is clearly explained in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Here is what it tells us. Quote, it says this, by, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Did you see that? For by grace are ye saved through faith. So it is of grace, the Bible tells us, that it might be by faith. Or it is of faith that it might be by grace. So God justifies us by his grace through faith, through the instrument of faith. So when he's justifying you by grace, he's using the instrument of faith to justify you, the revealed truths of Christ. So justification by grace is being justified by faith. Yes, my dear people, it is grace that commends it, that, com that starts it. It is grace that commences it. So God, by his grace, justifies you by the instrument of faith. So what is responsible for your change? It's grace. It's grace that you're saved by. But what does grace do? You're justified by grace through the instrument of faith. So God uses his grace to justify you by faith. God, by his personal grace, justifies you through the instrument of faith. Yes, my dear people, you need to get that in your mind over and over. So it begins with grace through the instrument of faith. This clearly now comes to show us why it is grace that gives you law-keeping. How do you know? Let's look again. Romans chapter 3. We read verse 30. And then we read verse 31. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. So God is doing the justification. He's doing it through the instrument of faith. The question is, do we then make void the law through the instrument of faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. End of quote. Did you see that? So faith and works go together, or faith and law-keeping goes together. But when you are justified by faith, you are made to keep the law of God. But the question we ask you, what justified you by faith to make you keep the law? Grace. Grace. Because it is grace that justified you. And when grace justifies it through the instrument of faith, it then makes you keep the law. That's how you are given the law of God graciously according to David in Psalms. Yes, my dear people. So we are given the law graciously by justification. 
So grace is not against the law. It is grace that makes you keep the law. Yes, my dear people, it is grace that makes you keep the law. Because when grace justifies you through the instrument of faith, do you then make void the law? No. You establish the law. So grace causes you to keep the law. That's what the Bible tells you. So anybody that comes and tells you when they are justified by faith, they don't have to keep no law because grace and law are separate from each other. That's a false teaching. That's an antinomian teaching. They may be familiar with it, but it is a teaching that is a stranger to the Bible. Now we can see the same thing in another way. You know, what is the problem of man? The problem of man is transgression of the law of God because sin is transgression of the law. Look at Romans chapter 8 and we're reading from verse 6 to 8. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. What's the problem here? The problem here is that the person cannot please God because they have the carnal mind. And the problem of the carnal mind is that it is against the law of God. So the problem is being against the law of God. So once a person has the carnal mind, they are in transgression of the law of God because the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. That's the problem. Now, how do you get rid of this carnal mind? You're told for to be carnally minded is, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So to get rid of the carnal mind, you need to get the spiritual mind. How do you get the spiritual mind? Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 tells us, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if the spiritual mind gives you peace, and when you are justified, you have peace, it meant justification gave you the spiritual mind, a new mind. But remember, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And in Romans chapter 5 and verse 18, we are told here that it says, The free gift came upon all men unto the justification of life. Notice the phrase, justification of life. So then justification gives you life because it gives you the spiritual mind. So it clearly tells us that when you are justified, you get the spiritual mind because the carnal mind is a law-breaking mind. But since you are justified, what are you justified by? You're justified by grace. So when you're justified by grace, grace gives you the spiritual mind. And when it gives you the spiritual mind, it means you're no longer breaking the law of God. You're now free from sin. And that's what Romans chapter 6 verse 1 and verse 2 tells us. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So grace makes you dead to sin. How? 
by justifying you, by removing the carnal mind, so that you have the spiritual mind. If you now become dead to sin, it means you're no longer a breaker of the law. You're a keeper of the law. So it is grace that did all of that. So in your Bible, we are being told that grace makes you keep the law. Yes, my dear people, not break the law, keep the law. Grace makes you keep the law. And that's the reason why we are telling you, when any religion tells you that you are saved by grace, and that means you're not supposed to keep the law, they're just simply lying to you. That religion is false. It cannot be true because it is, it is not a true thing to tell you that. So this is why we want to conclude by telling you that grace establishes the law in your heart. Grace makes you keep the law. Grace is pronomion. Give us thy law graciously. Psalms 119 and verse 29. So true grace in justification, God brings you to keep his law. Remember that. That's what your Bible teaches. It doesn't teach any other thing. It doesn't teach any other thing. So those of you who misconstrue Bible scriptures and give you the impression that you must uh, not keep the law because of grace, they are lying. Grace is pronomion. Grace makes you keep the law of God. Yes, my dear people. Now, if anyone wants this program, call us at 625-0446. 625-0446. We'll give it this program plus others that went before. And may grace justify you through the instrument of faith, making you keep God's law so that you would keep the law by pronomian grace. And so, May God bless you until we meet again. In Jesus' holy name, amen. The judgment has set, the books have been opened. How shall we stand in that great day when every thought and word and action Shall we stand in that great day? How shall we stand in that great day? Shall we be found before him? What has set the books have been opened? How shall we stand? In that great day, when every thought and word and action God the righteous judge shall weigh, how shall we stand in that great day? How shall
Welcome to the Escape for Thy Life radio broadcast. This is a presentation of the independent Thusia Seventh-day Adventist Church, a revival of original Adventism and ancient Christianity. Our speaker is Brother Nairon Medina. Good day. This is Brother Medina for Thusia Seventh-day Adventist. And please let us start with a word of prayer. Gracious loving Father, be with us as we enter into your word. Bless everyone that they may understand and see the sense and value of what is being said and may be saved by these truths. In Jesus' holy name we pray, with thanksgiving unto thee. Amen. Well, today we want to talk about grace and law. Grace and law. And we find the need to talk about it because of certain religions that tells us when you are saved by grace, you're not supposed to keep the law of God. And they give you the impression in their writings that once you are under grace, you're not supposed to keep the law. They give you the impression that grace and law are antithetical to each other, that they are against each other, and that you cannot have grace and have the law at the same time. Such religions and teachings are antinomianism, that is, against the law of God. But we want to show you that the Bible teaches no such thing. In fact, the Bible identifies grace as pronomian. Pro means towards or for, in favor of the law. So pronomian, in favor of the law. The Bible does have this teaching where grace makes you keep the law. Yes, my dear people. You say, how can that be? The facts are, this is the teaching of the Bible. And according to the Bible, God's people will not be saved in disobedience. You have to be saved in obedience. While the act of keeping the law is not what brings salvation to you, but the act of keeping the law genuinely and truly is the experience of salvation. Yes, my dear people. So a person who is found keeping the law genuinely, that person is in the experience of salvation. This is all over the Bible, and this is what the Bible tells us. Yes, my dear people. Take, for instance, if you look at Romans chapter 3, or let's say Romans chapter 2, and we read a little lower down to verse 25, here is what we are told, I quote, Romans chapter 2 and verse 25. For circumcision, which is the Gentiles, verily, prof uh, for circumcision... Verily, profit it if thou keep the law. In other words, we have been told, being circumcised profits if you keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcised. So if you are breaking the law, it is as if you are uncircumcised even though you are circumcised. It goes on. Therefore, if the uncircumcision which is the Gentiles, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? 
and shall not uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law. Did you just see that? So in other words, we are being told, if a Gentile who is called the uncircumcision keeps the law of God, he will judge the Jew who by the letter and circumcision break the law. So here, you could practice circumcision in such a way to make you break the law. That is, if you're doing it to earn righteousness, you're breaking the law. You're making yourself God and making yourself the Savior. And so, it shows us that the Gentiles could indeed keep the law. Because here we are being told they keep the law. Let's read that again. Again, from verse 25. For circumcision verily profit if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So in other words, if you keep the law, then your circumcision is of value. Because the circumcision shows that you will change. Because look, you are keeping the law. When all have sinned and are coming short of the glory of God. So to get somebody to keep the law is to get them outside of sin. Yes, my dear people. And then again, verse 26 tells us, Therefore, if the uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? So if the Gentile is keeping God's law, the fact that he is uncircumcised, it is counted as if he is circumcised. He don't need to be physically circumcised. That was just a symbol. But look, he is keeping the law. That's the point. But then it goes on. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, that's the Gentiles, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision transgress the law. So look, you can transgress the law by doing circumcision just according to your own works. So the point about it here is the Gentiles do keep the law if they are justified, if they are converted. But the point about it we are looking at here is a person is supposed to keep the law. Because look, the Gentiles who are not Jews are supposed to be keeping the law. Yes, my dear people, that's what you're being told here. But wait, we are telling you that you keep the law when it is given to you by grace. That's right. It is the grace of God that gives you the law that you can keep the law. Some will say, are you crazy? This is the first time we are hearing a doctrine like this. Well, if it is the first time, it means that your mind was feeding on antinomian pastor's writings instead of feeding on the Bible. Because if you feed on the Bible, you would see that's a familiar teaching in the Bible, that it is true grace, the law is to be kept. So grace makes you keep the law. That's what the Bible is telling you. Let's look at an example here. In Psalms 119, 
and we would look at verse 29. Here is what we are told, I quote, Remove from me the way of lying. Now here comes the part. And grant me thy law graciously. End of quote. Did you see that? Grant me thy law graciously. David is praying and asking God to give him the law by grace. Grant me the law graciously. By your grace. By being gracious to me. God exercises grace by being gracious. And he's asking God to give him the law graciously. Because this is a common biblical teaching. That the law can only be given to you in the form of keeping by grace. Yes, my dear people, that's a common biblical teaching. Now let us just go and look at this fact a little further. If we look at Romans chapter 3, here is what we are told. I quote when we read <clears throat> verse 24. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Hear what it tells us. Be it justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Did you just see that? So the changeover from sin to righteousness is justification. And we are being told here we are justified freely by his grace. What does this mean? It means God uses his grace to justify us. We are justified by grace. Yes, my dear people, that's what we are being told here. But look a little lower down to verse 28. Here is what verse 28 tells us. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Did you see that? The verse is telling us that it is not the deeds of the law that justifies you. You are justified by faith apart from or without the deeds of the law. But look. One tells you you are justified by grace. The other one tells you you are justified by faith. Which one? The two. Because justified by grace is being justified by faith. Yes, my dear people. This you need to know. Being justified by grace is being justified by faith. How so? Because grace is God's mercy, God's kindness, God's favor, God's loving kindness, that is grace. But what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And what is the evidence of things not seen? Proverbs chapter 22 tells us clearly it is the revealed truths of the word of God. That's the evidence we have of things not seen. Let's just see this here for a while. Here is what we are told in, from, verse 20, from verse 17 in Proverbs 22. It says, Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. So we are being told, apply your heart unto God's knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing, if thou keep them within thee, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. So the word of God, if you keep it in your heart, 
you'll be able to speak it properly. That thy trust may be in Yahweh. Have I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. Have I not written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge, that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. So here we are told what makes us have evidence of things not seen. Reveal truths. Reveal truths. Reveal truths is the faith. And it is the faith that makes us have evidence of things not seen, which are spiritual things. You don't see heaven physically. You don't see eternal life physically. But the evidence of those truths are truths revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. That is why faith is not human believing, but revealed truths of God. And the Bible does make a difference between faith and believing. We go back to Romans 3 again, and we look at verse 22. Here is what we are told, I quote, Even the righteousness of God which is true faith of Jesus Christ into all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Did you just see that? So faith is identified as the faith of Jesus Christ. But we must believe. So here you have faith, the faith of Jesus Christ, as different to our believing. Believing is a mental act of the mind. It means to accept something as truth. But faith is the revealed truth of Christ, the truth of the plan of salvation. And that is the faith we are to have. Yes, my dear people, so much that is the faith we are to have. James chapter 2 and verse 1 tells us, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. So we are to have the faith of Jesus Christ, but not with respect to persons. So the faith that we are to have is the faith of Jesus Christ. While we believe, we are to believe the faith of Jesus Christ. So faith and believing are two different things. This is clearly emphasized again in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. Here is what it tells us. I quote, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. So this is justification by faith. It is the faith of Jesus Christ that justifies you, the revealed truths of Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ. Here is our act of believing now, and it continues, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So here we are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ while we believe. So it means to say our believing is totally different to the faith of Jesus Christ. And the faith we are to have, that one faith, is the faith of Jesus Christ. Yes, my dear people. And we are justified by this faith. That's what we are being told. 
we are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. This same faith of Jesus Christ that justifies us is presented a certain way in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 11. Let's read 53, 11, and we'll emphasize the part of this verse that we're talking about. Verse 11 says, And he shall see of the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. Now here comes the part. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So notice we are told, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. The righteous servant is Jesus Christ. And it is by the knowledge of Jesus Christ that we are justified. Now come again. What is that knowledge of Jesus Christ? The faith of Jesus Christ. The revealed truths of Christ. And we are justified by the faith of Christ. Yes, my dear people, that's what you read. So while grace is God's mercy and God's kindness, etc., faith is the revealed truths of Jesus Christ. Yes, my dear people, that's what we are being told here. And again, if we go back to Romans chapter 3 and verse 24, we are told, being justified freely by his grace. Did you see that? So we are justified by his grace. And verse 28 tells us, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith. So here you are justified by grace, yet we are told you are justified by faith. What does this mean? It clearly shows us that grace, which is God's mercy, kindness, forgiveness, favor, love and kindness, is what justifies us. And then we are told we are justified by faith, which is the revealed truths of Christ. The point about it is, it is God that justifies, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 33. It is God that justifies. And if you look at, again at Romans chapter 3 and verse 30, it says, Seeing it is one God that shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. So it is God that does the justification, and he justifies us by faith. Why? Because faith is the instrument in which he uses to justify us. Faith is presented as against works. It means the instrument of his justification is not works. The instrument of his justification is faith, the revealed truths of the word of God. But it is God that does the justification by his grace. So God, by grace, uses faith as the instrument to justify you. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. It is the righteous servant doing the justification. But he is using the instrument of knowledge, the instrument of spiritual truths, the instrument of the truths of the plan of salvation, the faith of Jesus Christ to justify us. To justify us. So we are justified by grace, and then we are justified by faith. It is one and the same justification. It means when God justifies us by grace, he actually justifies us by faith. God, by his grace, justifies us by faith. Yes, my dear people. And this is clearly explained 
in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Here is what it tells us. Quote, it says this, by, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Did you see that? For by grace are ye saved through faith. So it is of grace, the Bible tells us, that it might be by faith. Or it is of faith that it might be by grace. So God justifies us by his grace through faith, through the instrument of faith. So when he's justifying you by grace, he's using the instrument of faith to justify you. The revealed truths of Christ. So justification by grace is being justified by faith. Yes, my dear people, it is grace that commends it, that, com that starts it. It is grace that commences it. So God, by his grace, justifies you by the instrument of faith. So what is responsible for your change? It's grace. It's grace that you are saved by. But what does grace do? You're justified by grace through the instrument of faith. So God uses his grace to justify you by faith. God, by his personal grace, justifies you through the instrument of faith. Yes, my dear people, you need to get that in your mind over and over. So it begins with grace through the instrument of faith. This clearly now comes to show us why it is grace that gives you law-keeping. How do you know? Let's look again. Romans chapter 3. We read verse 30. And then we read verse 31. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. So God is doing the justification. He's doing it through the instrument of faith. The question is, do we then make void the law through the instrument of faith. God forbid, yea, we establish the law. End of quote. Did you see that? So faith and works go together, or faith and law-keeping goes together. But when you are justified by faith, you are made to keep the law of God. But the question we ask you, what justified you by faith to make you keep the law? Grace. Grace. Because it is grace that justified you. And when grace justifies it through the instrument of faith, it then makes it keep the law. That's how you are given the law of God graciously, according to David in Psalms. Yes, my dear people. So we are given the law graciously by justification. So grace is not against the law. It is grace that makes you keep the law. Yes, my dear people, it is grace that makes you keep the law. Because when grace justifies you through the instrument of faith, do you then make void the law? No. You establish the law. So grace causes you to keep the law. That's what the Bible tells you. So anybody that comes and tells you when they are justified, by faith, they don't have to keep no law because grace and law are separate from each other. That's a false teaching. 
That's an antinomian teaching. They may be familiar with it, but it is a teaching that is a stranger to the Bible. Now we can see the same thing in another way. You know, what is the problem of man? The problem of man is transgression of the law of God because sin is transgression of the law. Look at Romans chapter 8 and we're reading from verse 6 to 8. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. What's the problem here? The problem here is that the person cannot please God because they have the carnal mind. And the problem of the carnal mind is that it is against the law of God. So the problem is being against the law of God. So once a person has the carnal mind, they are in transgression of the law of God because the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. That's the problem. Now, how do you get rid of this carnal mind? You're told for to be carnally minded is, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So to get rid of the carnal mind, you need to get the spiritual mind. How do you get the spiritual mind? Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 tells us, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if the spiritual mind gives you peace, and when you are justified, you have peace, it meant justification gave you the spiritual mind, a new mind. But remember, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And in Romans chapter 5 and verse 18, we are told here that it says, The free gift came upon all men unto the justification of life. Notice the phrase, justification of life. So then justification gives you life because it gives you the spiritual mind. So it clearly tells us that when you are justified, you get the spiritual mind because the carnal mind is a law-breaking mind. But since you are justified, what are you justified by? You're justified by grace. So when you're justified by grace, grace gives you the spiritual mind. And when it gives you the spiritual mind, it means you're no longer breaking the law of God. You're now free from sin. And that's what Romans chapter 6 verse 1 and verse 2 tells us. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So grace makes you dead to sin. How? By justifying you. By removing the carnal mind. So that you have the spiritual mind. If you now become dead to sin, it means you are no longer a breaker of the law. You are a keeper of the law. So it is grace that did all of that. So in your Bible... We are being told that grace makes you keep the law. Yes, my dear people, not break the law, keep the law. Grace makes you keep the law. And that's the reason why we are telling you, when any religion tells you that you are saved by grace, and that means you're not supposed to keep the law, 
they're just simply lying to you. That religion is false. It cannot be true because it is, it is not a true thing to tell you that. So this is why we want to conclude by telling you that grace establishes the law in your heart. Grace makes you keep the law. Grace is pronomion. Give us thy law graciously. Psalms 119 and verse 29. So true grace in justification, God brings you to keep his law. Remember that. That's what your Bible teaches. It doesn't teach any other thing. It doesn't teach any other thing. So those of you who misconstrue Bible scriptures and give you the impression that you must uh, not keep the law because of grace, they are lying. Grace is pronomion. Grace makes you keep the law of God. Yes, my dear people. Now, if anyone wants this program, call us at 625-0446. 625-0446 will give it this program plus others that went before. And may grace justify you through the instrument of faith, making you keep God's law so that you would keep the law by pronomian grace. And so, may God bless you until we meet again. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Judgment has set, the books have been opened. How shall we stand in that great day when every thought and word and action God the righteous judge shall we shall we